Christmas, happy holidays from the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 164, a podcast that talks about movies, television, pop culture, Christmas movies, question mark. I'm your host, Carter Sims. I'm joined, as always, by my my guardian angel who's just trying to earn his wings. It's Jackson Mahurin. Hey there, sport. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Teacher Sp- says, "Spot on, perfect." <laughs> how are you, buddy? I am doing great. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well as well. Tis the season. Happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas to those indeed. who celebrate. Indeed, indeed. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in honor of that today, uh, we are going to tackle on the RCR Top 100. Uh, one of the some will say greatest Christmas movies of all time. Jackson and I are going to have a fiery debate about that later, but we're covering It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life today, and we're going to dig into it in a little bit. But first, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into this week before Christmas? Yeah, I'm into a few things. Uh, number one, did a rewatch uh, of the original OG Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Prepping for and- Wonka? Uh, yeah, I guess I haven't seen Wonka yet and maybe I'll get to it eventually, nice, but, nice. uh, the OG is just so good. It's so funny and it's so much better as an adult, like who would have thought, uh, but it is way better. Uh, the jokes are crazy. Um, I don't remember the tunnel scene being so violent. Scary. So I, I wonder, but the first time I watched it was in school. So I wonder if there was like an edit that was like safe for children that didn't have the chicken uh, beheading because I didn't, I did not remember that. Um, but thought that was awesome. You trauma, uh, your trauma blocked it out. You didn't. Remember I guess it. so. Yeah, yeah. I was so <laughs> scarred by it. Um, yeah. So that was great. Amazing. Um, the ending of that movie is so abrupt too. I I completely forgot that like once they go up into the elevator, it's like it's the end of the movie and it's, it's over. over. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I feel like Timmy may not live up to the potential. I know you saw it this week, so maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um. It will speak yeah, on that, it in a minute. Yeah. 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 Um, then I got to check out the holdovers this week as well. And yes. I really enjoyed that movie. I think it's currently like my second favorite of the year. Ooh, um really cozy. Oppie? Yeah, behind Oppenheimer, yeah. Nice. Um it's really cozy. It's a good Christmas movie. Um, and I would say it's a Christmas movie. Uh unlike definitely. Uh maybe some other stuff we'll talk about. But Ooh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Paul Giamatti was really good. I really liked that other guy, the new guy. Um, what's his face? I don't even know his name. I don't but either. He's like, but he's, he's like, brand new to the scene. They like found him. You know the story of that? They found no. him at that school that they filmed the no way filmed at. Like they discovered him. So yeah, his first role, really cool. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I hope he gets more stuff because I thought he was great. Really he fun. Was, yeah, he was. Uh, Dominique Sessa. Is his cool. name, I believe. So yeah, they kind of discovered him there. So huh. pretty cool. And stuff. then uh yeah, and then finally I checked out the Percy Jackson Disney Plus series. There's oh, two episodes out. How is it? Good. It's um I think the show is obviously like catered towards kids versus like the generation that grew up with it, which I think is the right thing to do. Probably. Um it feels like they're they casted appropriately this time. Um 
as far as ages go. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like everyone was like in their 20s or 30s almost whenever they were filming for what were supposed to be 12 year olds. Classic. Um, and it's just fun. I think it's I think it's solid. I And I think going the, the series route where they can do like a season per book is really smart. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Has Lin-Manuel Miranda showed up in a hoodie yet? He has not yet showed okay. up. Awesome. Um, we got Jason Manzoukas in the in the second episode, which was fun. Love that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, good. Our friend Ryan was really hyping it up mm-hmm. uh, this week. Friend of the pod, he was very excited. So I know nothing about that book series or the movie adaptations or any of it. So I might really? check it out. Oh, that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down because I I truly think it is one of the worst adaptions from book to movie. Like it that's is just what so, I hear so bad. Um, and the source material is fun. So I loved it growing up. So it's been, it's been nice checking that out. What about you? Uh, for me, I was pretty busy this week, the week before Christmas. Um, I finished Veep. I, wow, uh, okay. I think I started Veep like not even a month ago and I just rattled through seven seasons, 65 episodes. So nice where like, it's an HBO show when you think they'd be like an hour, but it was just like 28 minutes, 26 minutes. And you just rattle through it. It was a great, like, put on while I'm working show. So mm-hmm. rattle through that. Really great. Love everyone involved in that. That was really good. Um, Wonka. So, yeah, you mentioned I went to see Wonka. Uh, Lauren and friend of the pod, Jake, uh, went to go see oh, Wonka nice. together. And it was fun. I would say, like, the longer. Have you seen the Paddington movies? Yeah, I've seen the first one. Yeah. I would say if you enjoy Paddington, you'll be able to immerse yourself in this Wonka world, I mm. would say. Um, like the longer I stuck with it and the longer it went on, the more I was kind of like into it. I think it's pretty, like it, I don't think it lives up to the original. I still think Gene Wilder is doing the Willy Wonka that I prefer. Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka. I don't subscribe to that's a, no, uh, that's a weird Wonka. But, Although uh, they did do some interesting stuff in that movie that is different and expansive on the original story that I kind of like enjoyed more, but yeah, overall, like not not nearly as good as the original. Yeah, I think this one's fun. I think Timmy, it's definitely a different like. It's not like the dark undertones of Gene Wilder Wonka. Mm-hmm. It's more like fun and zany Wonka. So it was fun. The ending really is. It d- does a good job of kind of wrapping it in a bow, kind of a tearjerker. They use the music cues pretty well, especially okay. the uh, with no spoilers. Uh, uh, imagination song. Uh, oh, fun! Okay, is, is used very well. Does he they, sing it? He does. Yeah, mm. Timmy sings it. Can um, he sing? He can. I'd say oh. he's, uh, he's a song and dance man. So yeah, lots of songs. Definitely a musical. Definitely one of those that you know don't market it as lots a musical, but it is a musical. So um, interesting. So, yeah. Upon my rewatch of the original, I. I forgot how much like camp was kind of mixed in. Like there was like lyrics that popped up for like some of the songs the and like a really songs, weird, especially. yeah. in a yeah. really weird way. I was kind of curious if that stuff would transfer over into this Wonka thing. Yeah. I don't think it's, I mean, it's campy, but I wouldn't say like, there's no subtitles on the yeah. screen or anything like that. But Hugh Grant sings a little Oompa Loompa song for a hot minute. He's fun. Um, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. It's uh, it's is he like? Up. Does he play all of them? So there's is, really is he the only one? Uh, there's only one. Okay, that's like personified in this one. But there, uh, he alludes to that there are others, and you okay. see <laughs> others at some one point. But yeah, only him. Sure. 
So I'm getting into the Wonka lore for you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would recommend it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good cozy movie to watch during the winter. Um, I, yesterday I checked out chicken run Dawn of the nugget, just fired, <laughs> fired that up during work. I was like, this is a good work movie. Put that on. Uh, it was good. I don't think it's as good as the OG chicken run, but, uh, still pretty good. Uh, we, I just love the, the claymation. Give them more clay. Didn't they yeah. were, were like, they were like running out of clay or something that studio. Oh, really? Uh, like, like supply chain stuff. They were like, we're running low on clay. We're like, come on, get our guys some clay. <laughs> um, so that was great. Um, and the biggie is poor things. I checked out poor things this week. Nice. And this was awesome. Really like top five for me of the year, for sure. Yorgos, another banger. Emma Stone, great. I think if I think it's a race between like Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower yeah. Moon and and Emma Stone, probably. Ooh. Uh man, just a really fun, cool world. Willem Dafoe is great. Mark Ruffalo's great. Everyone is just like firing on all cylinders and really funny. And really sexual, so I would watch out for that. Uh, like prepare yourself for that. I always think of the um that lady that did the Oppenheimer video, who was like complaining about the sex scenes, like the <laughs> the the really far right Christian lady. Classic. That was like a moment on Twitter this year. Was like uh, the movie consent thing of like it's not cool to show sex scenes to us if we're not prepared for it. And it's like it has a rating for a reason. Like that is the warning yeah, that you're getting. There is like, sexual, <laughs> explicitly sexual. Yeah, yeah like it, it warns you. So sorry about it. Sorry you can't read <laughs> or have common sense. Um. So yeah, it was a good week at the movies. And then finally, um, Lauren wants to watch all the best picture winners until she gets bored with them. Um. That's so, interesting. I know. So we're starting... are you doing it like strategically to where like you pick the more interesting ones up front, or so she wants to just start from most recent, um, and go backwards until she oh, that's fun until she quote doesn't like what the cameras look like. Um, so like <laughs> I think I'm gonna lose her in like the early '90s, which is a bummer. But that's um, funny. But keep us so, updated. That sounds really fun. Yeah. So we watched. We actually we didn't get to everything everywhere last night. Um, she wants to do that on a weekend cause it's long and she also yeah. thinks she might want to be medicated for it. Um, yeah, sure. so we'll see, but we watched Coda last night, which she had seen just to kind of cut a sweet set the bar. So Coda's still a solid flick. Yeah, um, it's good. It's great. So yeah, we started there and yeah, I'll let you know our, our journey. I'll let you know. Yeah, you got to, to Paris make a list on letterbox. I'll be really excited to follow. I told her. Along. Yeah. I, I told her to make a list. She has it in her notes app right now, but oh, come on. I know. Hopefully she'll once, once we get, she has an account, right? She does. Yeah, she does. So once we get oh, more than one, I'm going to encourage her to rank them as we go. There we'll you go. There. But if she doesn't, I'll do it for her on my, okay. so <laughs> you'll be able to follow along. Perfect. Um, wonderful. Busy week for us. Um, busy, busy, beautiful. Let's, uh, Let's dive in then, Jackson, to I'm ready for my close-up. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. And today, as we mentioned earlier, we are discussing It's a Wonderful Life. Well, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. What is it you want, Mary? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Sandimental hogwash. I wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog! Mr. 
Mr. and Mrs. Martini, welcome home. This is what I wished for. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. From 1946, directed by Frank Capra, uh, written by Frank Capra, Francis Goodrich, and Albert Hackett, based on the short story uh, called The Greatest Gift, which was self-published by Philip Van Dorenstern, what a name, in 1943, which is interesting note here, Jackson, it's loosely based on A Christmas Carol, so... I'll let you take with that what you will in the Christmasness of this all. That makes a lot of sense. When we get there. Yeah, you can definitely get those undertones. Um, An angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Starring our boy, America's sweetheart, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Henry Travers, Beulah Bondi, great name, Frank Phelan and Ward Bond and many, many others. Uh, but yeah, theatrically, the film uh, break even point was $6.3 million, which was about twice the production cost. So they didn't make their money back. It was kind of a flop hmm. upon initial release, which is interesting. Um, but I'll tell you more about the longevity of this movie in a little bit. But uh, yeah, Jackson. First time watching it this week for you? It was the first time, uh, which is crazy um, because this is considered a great Christmas classic. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, we watched a ton of Christmas movies growing up, but this just wasn't one on our list. I don't know if you guys watched this growing up. This, Um, uh, no, this one wasn't in the rotation either. And I'm wondering if like, if it's if other movies are coming like more modern movies are coming along where it's like losing like it feels like your grandma's favorite christmas movie yeah totally like i don't know or if it's like in like it's actually the first time i ever saw a scene from this was in uh christmas vacation where they yeah. have it playing on the tv um so just kind of dated in that sense too where it's like your christmas movies are referencing it or showing pieces of it of them watching christmas movies yeah, it's pretty wild. Like this wasn't in the rotation for me either. The uh the first time I watched it was in COVID. Uh okay. it was in 2020. And I got to say it was pretty um prescient movie to watch uh in the in the midst of COVID. Like just like a rush of positivity and optimism yeah. in the the darkest of times and I was like, "Man, I needed that." So that was uh that was lovely. But yeah, the reason I I chose this movie, this was my pick on the RCR top 100 mainly that I think it's an amazing movie. I think it's like a five-star movie, but like, should we talk about it now, Jackson? Like, should we have the conversation? I wanted to bring this movie to the RCR top 100, just to have the debate of it actually being a Christmas movie or not. I think that's a, that's a good time. Let's just get it out of the way. Yes. Uh, because when I was watching this, mm-hmm. I made sure, and me and Abby watched it together. She had never seen it either. Yeah. Um, because she's Jewish um, and also doesn't watch a lot of movies. Um, so 
uh that was kind of a fun watching it together and every 10 minutes or so we'd check in with each other and be like it's still not a christmas movie <laughs> and we got i think we got to the point where it was like could be considered a christmas movie and there's maybe like 20 minutes left in the movie yes. um which was crazy to me mm-hmm. and also just something i want to mention really quick too like the whole like what I knew about this movie was that it was kind of Christmas Carol esque and it's been parodied a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, like people have talked about it, like of like of doing the, like, this is the world without you. Like, it, like that gimmick has been done over and over since. Yeah. I thought that was going to be this whole movie mm-hmm. and it literally is the last 10 minutes. And I was so shocked by that. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was going to be the whole, the whole thing, but um, I really did. But yeah, not a Christmas movie. I don't think. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I'm just thrilled that you say that because that's been my hot take for years. I know. And like I've gotten, you know, pooped on in the group message <laughs> uh, a lot of times because like Matt Moore, friend of the pod, Shout like out. this is like his family's like Christmas movie. They watch this Go a to. lot. Like they have a giant poster of It's a Wonderful Life, like hung up in their basement. Like it's I've always that that's probably my my relation to it before even watching the movie i was like oh yeah it's a wonderful life that poster from matt's house so they swear matt swears that it is a christmas movie and i respect everyone's opinion on that but i think it all just comes down to how you define what a christmas movie is and this Mm -hmm. is what i've always said about it like for me to be a christmas movie the majority of the movie has to take place during christmas time like the christmas season yeah and a majority of It's a Wonderful Life isn't really set during Christmas. Most of the film has nothing to do with Christmas, really. I think it's just the just the spirit of it, I guess, is a Christmas movie to some people. But it starts off on Christmas Eve, and then it's like an hour and like 40 minutes of just like telling vignettes of George Bailey's life yeah. as, a, as a boy and growing up and going through trials and tribulations. And then you get to Christmas again. And then you leave Christmas again and it's like, there's no, the only Christmassy part is just the last, what, 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes. And I think you could make an argument if all of those big events that they talked about were on like Christmas day or something. And like, it's like in each past and like they're going through all these different Christmases. I think that would have yeah. worked mm-hmm. and that would count as like a Christmas movie. But like, it just felt like a win- a cozy winter movie for sure. But I don't know if it's like a Christmas movie. Yeah, like you get the Christmas decorations and, you know, a few mentions of Christmas and, you know, Jimmy Stewart running through the streets going, Merry Christmas, you know, you get all that, but it's not a lot of it, you know, and the scenes that are Mm -hmm. set during Christmas are still like not really focused on Christmas, but more like the financial struggles of these characters. Like, so yeah, I, when I think about it, I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. The movie's a lot of things, but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. That being said, still an amazing movie. Totally. But I think it's just an in- interesting um, entry point into this. Uh, wonderful. Let's go into the time capsule then, Jackson. Oh, wait, actually, before then, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was great. Cool. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, we'll get there later. Okay, cool. Let's move on to Great Scott. Great Scott. Uh, hop into the time man. capsule. Um some songs at the time, you know, Sinatra, Perry Como, Bing Crosby, things like that. Uh, some of the some of the movies of the time, Jackson. This was uh, one of the bigger movies, but uh, the biggest movie at the box office, Jackson, 
was a little film called Song of the South from Uh-oh. Walt Disney Pictures. Uh, yeah, and now you can't find that movie anywhere. Deep into the Disney vault. Indeed. Oh. <laughs> we did not discuss that on our Disney animated Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's gone. You can't find that. It's very racist undertones. Not even undertones, just blatantly. Overtones. Um, overtones. Uh, yeah, that was the big movie um, of this year. Some of the events of this year, uh, the UN was formed this year, which is kind of cool. Obviously, this is post-World War II, so dealing with the aftermath of that, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the aftermath of, you know, having recently watched Oppenheimer, you know, dealing with the aftermath of nuclear testing and what that means for the future of the world. Definitely a turning point. Uh, on a lighter note, the bikini is first modeled in Paris. So there's that. <laughs> and Jackson, this is the best factoid I think I'll ever read on a, on a podcast ever okay. for you and I. Um, the first theme park preceding Disneyland by nine years opens. And you know what theme park that was, Jackson? What? Holiday World. You're joking. It was, I'm not kidding. I thought you, okay, I thought you were maybe going to say Holiday World, but that's, there's no way. That's insane. Santa Claus Land opens to the public at Santa Claus, Indiana and becomes the first themed park preceding Disneyland by nine years. I, first of all, okay. We are Indiana boys. This yes. is this is where we went all the time growing up. Yes. Um, super fun for those who don't know. It is a town called Santa Claus, Indiana, mm-hmm. entirely themed after Christmas, which must be the the worst place to live. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine how terrible that is. The theme park's awesome. It's been around forever. Long I did not time. know it was the first theme park. And it's themed after holidays. Or, and, or then it was probably just Santa Claus. Probably. Um, which is crazy. And there probably wasn't that much to it, but like that's insane. But yeah, so I I read that like I went on like the 1946 Wikipedia events, <laughs> and that popped up. I went, "There's no way." I'm so, shocked that that's the first one. Like I, I feel like they, I don't know. I just maybe like, wasn't paying and, attention. You know, trust your sources. You know, but like uh, Wikipedia told me it was becomes the first trust park. So huh. you know, reliable source. So yeah, pretty wild. Um, so yeah, how did this come to be? Um. The story first came to attention. I, I mentioned it was based on a, a, a book or a short story, mm-hmm. loosely based on Christmas Carol. And it first came to the attention of our boy, Cary Grant of North by Northwest fame. Yeah. Uh, we love that guy. Um, so he first found it and they bought the rights to the story, hoping to kind of turn it into a vehicle for, for Cary Grant. Um, Grant kind of, fell off over over time and Dalton Trumbo worked on a version uh, oh, at one point which is kind of cool before the project was kind of shelved by RKO um in uh and it's funny cuz in Trumbo's draft George Bailey was an idealistic politician who grows more cynical mm. as the story progresses which I feel like is the antithesis of Mr. Smith goes to Washington which we've done which is another Jimmy Stewart mm-hmm. movie totally. um so just you know kind of an interesting angle there uh, but then Capra, Frank Capra comes along, immediately sees its potential and wanted it for his first Hollywood film after making these like war propaganda documentaries during the war. Like he was commissioned to make those um, interesting stuff there. Um, and it sounds like all the writers hated each other and Capra was kind of a douchebag most of the time, <laughs> um, which is just you love to hear that. But although um, it's a wonderful life initially received mixed reviews and was kind of a flop 
unsuccessful at the box office. It became this Christmas classic after its copyright expired in 1974. And there was lack of renewal, it entered the public domain, which allowed it to be broadcast without licensing or any royalty fees or anything really? like that. Okay. So it really like hit its big time in like syndicated television, like on TV. So that makes sense because I feel like that's the way most people watch it. Yeah. That, is with it, commercials in between. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, today It's a Wonderful Life is considered to be one of the greatest films of all time and among the best Christmas films. Uh, nominated. Oh, we'll get to that later. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Um, it's recognized on the AFI Film Institute as one of the 100 best American films ever made. Number 11 on the AFI's greatest movie list. Uh, all this stuff. So, yeah. Great, 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 great stuff. And Capra said that it was his favorite among the films he directed and that he screened it for his family every Christmas season, which is kind of fun. So that's cute. Beautiful. So, yeah, let's move on to You Did It. Congratulations. You You did it. Congratulations. And I'll start with you, Jackson. What works in It's a Wonderful Life for you? James Jimmy Stewart, baby. Jimmy, baby. This guy. Now, he's got a weird voice, right? But I like it. It's I think distinct. It's, it's very distinct. Yeah. Um, we've we've talked about him before previously on our uh I believe it was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, uh, and he yeah. he was excellent in that. Um he's in a rear window. No, that's right, because he's older in, in rear window. Yeah. That's right. They're like very different people in those movies. Um, wow. That's so weird to think about. Which is also crazy too because in this, whenever they showed him as like this young man about mm-hmm. to graduate or go off to college, I literally thought he was 40 years old. Like he looked so ridiculously old, which is so fun. How old is he in this? Uh, third In his 30s, I think. Okay. So he is up there. But like, mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's just funny that they were trying to portray him as a younger guy absolutely um, hilarious yep yeah amazing uh yeah he's really great i think he's so funny he's so charming his chemistry that he has with donna reed is really good mm-hmm. um and I yeah i that. just really love them i have that written down i just mm-hmm. i mean we talked about jimmy stewart before but you know and we kind of made the tom hanks comparisons i think on the mr smith goes to washington mm-hmm. but like you know just america's common man you know totally the idealistic guy who is probably why they just you know why Frank Capra casted him was just, you know, America was like, Oh, that's the idealist American man. And sure. We're going to put him in this. So yeah, I have Jimmy Stewart down as well. Just the consummate American actor with a distinctive, unique voice and just, just what a guy. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy that as well. Uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is like, it's, it is like a very serious movie at times, but also it is not afraid to be silly and charming. Mm-hmm. And there's one scene in particular that I, I'll talk here. It's not my favorite scene, but just one that I really like mm-hmm. that it intros with like these two stars speaking to each other, like they're angels, but like it's viewed as like these constellation yeah. uh, beings almost like higher powers. And I just found that to be such a fascinating intro and it goes on for a minute. Like they are sitting there. <laughs> it does talking for a while and i just thought that was like such an interesting way to start this movie yeah and, and actually i wrote that down like the framing device of it like yeah to, to set up the movie like that just like kind of these angels talking about the backstory of of this guy of george bailey and mm-hmm. just like yeah did they just flash 
when they're talking just yeah just like there's like subtitles and stuff yeah it's yeah i don't know i and i find that interesting and maybe maybe they get away from it a little too far into the movie and like they kind of forget it like i kind of forgot that that was like a part of this and then like we get back into the mystical stuff right at the very end again yeah but um yeah i thought that was interesting and i i did really like how that how it opened up yeah it's just like again something you really wouldn't like the fantas the fantastical imagery of it it's kind of bookends the movie kind of yeah. in that in that regard so yeah that's cool um i just want to talk about mr potter yeah uh a piece of shit yeah this guy um like an all-timer villain just like just for like no reason other than he's you know he's a slumlord just like making these yeah making these guys just like live in poverty and like live in all the things he's making just a just a really great just a really great villain and it, Lionel Barrymore is uh you know Drew Barrymore's great grandfather I think is No way. Wait, really? Either grandfather or great grandfather, but like That's the Bar- the Barrymores come from a very huh. Hollywood lineage. A Nepo family it seems. Mm-hmm. And scabs, am I right? Almost scabs. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um yeah, <laughs> going off of that, I I do think one thing I noticed about his character Oh, well, one like his name Potter and like they reference a Potter's field, which you may not know is like uh, a graveyard like that is. Mm. Uh, so he's kind of like the embodiment of of death in this movie through capitalist greed and yes. uh, yeah, slumlord. He, he is like a evil, evil guy and he doesn't have any growth. And I think that's kind of awesome. Like I, you don't need <laughs> yeah, you just... don't need a guy just to like become magically good at the end because sometimes people aren't like that. Yeah, there's at no point. Are you like, hmm, maybe I do empathize with this character a little bit and I get no. his point of view. No, I don't think you should. <laughs> um, maybe if you're watching it for the wrong reasons, I don't know. But that's a good kind of entry point into just like, you know, the 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 themes of this movie of just like the eternal optimism against like, you know, life's downfalls and roadblocks in the way, you know, these starry starry eyed dreamers per se, you know, mm-hmm. just you know, doing the right thing is hard, but you know, it doesn't go unrewarded and life doesn't go as planned, but there's still some good in it. It's just, you know, it has some real, this movie has really dark themes throughout it. Like my guy, like almost commits suicide because he's like going to go to jail and his business is going to fail and he's letting down his family. And like, and on top of it all, this guy punches him in the face at the bar. Like, man, it's, he's having a rough day that day. So because he uh, yells at his daughter's teacher. Is that what it? Why? He like, oh, the guy punches him because he, he's the husband, right? Of he's the, the husband of the guy he that kissed him on the, the girl that kissed him on the cheek. And he gave him some money, I think. Oh, I uh, thought it was. No, I think he was the no, husband right. of the person he chewed out on the phone. But I don't remember who that was. Was that the teacher? I can't remember, actually. Um, but yeah, he just gets beat up and cast aside and, you know, it's just all just, and it all comes together at the end. You know, I'm, I either go for like, uh, I'm really fascinated by the movies that are like really, really cynical and in that way. And the ones that are really, really optimistic and in that way. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that, you know, and I, and I guess that's the, the Christmas spirit in it, I suppose Mm -hmm. is the optimism and, you know, goodwill to men and all that jazz, but. Still not a Christmas movie. I'll just say that. But uh, <laughs> I will say the biggest argument of it being slightly based off of a Christmas Carol is that definitely helps that helps it. But that's the but, only thing I would say. But that doesn't happen till again, like the final thirty the minutes. Variant, yeah. When you go back in time and do all that, or back into the the past and, mm-hmm. and do all that. So, 
yeah and then just the biggest one of all like i think like the movie like kind of teaches you that every human matters mm -hmm. on earth and i think that's the biggest takeaway for me is just that you know everyone has a purpose here and if you didn't live then a lot of people's lives would be affected by that in a negative yeah. way so i think it's a really positive message in the movie so yeah do you have anything else no i you, you hit it right on the head i totally agree boom love it wonderful oh and also and just going off of that there's a soulmate for everyone like you just yeah. see that like uh donna reed's character like mary like doesn't ever get married because he doesn't mm -hmm. exist so you know there's someone for everybody so plenty of fish in the sea out there my single retrospectors listening so keep going um <laughs> wonderful uh favorite scene jackson uh i have a few uh the one that I love the most uh, is the lasso around the moon scene yep. uh, where like, you know, they're, they're walking home from the dance and they're all wet. So they changed into some clothes that were, by there. the way, amazing swimming pool. Like I want to talk floor. about that later. Cause okay. that is insane. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> no, let, let's just talk about it now. Okay. okay. There's yeah. a dance mm -hmm. and under the under the, the basketball court, I think, uh, is a pool with water in it currently. Yes. Uh, one, I don't know if that's a real thing. I feel like that can't actually exist in real life. Can I tell you that I looked yeah. it up and okay. that was there? Like that was a function of that gymnasium that they had. Whoa. In. Like it was there. Like I don't know if they like maybe they drained the pool during certain times, but like that is absurd. Like, because they, logistically, yeah. one, I feel like those kids would have drowned in that situation. <laughs> oh, it's that was so scary out. when they're all jumping in on each other. I'm like, they're, I'm stressed. out. Where's the stairs to get out guys. <laughs> they, they, aren't <laughs> they could get underneath the floor and then like not be able to find their way back to the surface. I was stressed out. They were in dresses. They could have easily been like drowned. weighed down. Drowned. Yeah. It's that terrifying. was so crazy. Also, like, I feel like it would mold. Would it not? Like that's, yeah, if you're keeping all the water questions. in there, I don't know. I have a lot the of logistics questions. of, of that gym upkeep. Not not my uh not my monkey, not my circus, I guess. Uh, but oh my gosh. I just had to talk about that. But no, whenever it. they're walking home and you know they're in their there's gear that they found at school, which um you know, Jimmy Stewart's wearing this like rugby uniform, which if you don't Abby did not know what that was and was just like, Why is he wearing that? <laughs> which is like an insane thing. Um, but you know, like they're they're flirting and he goes uh, what is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Dance by the light of the moon. What do you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I don't, it might not come through. What is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Which is so good. So, so much riz uh so the charisma riz. the charisma is crazy there but also i thought it was funny because like that's also a scene i've been familiar with for a long time just Same. because of bruce almighty uh <laughs> just so stupid yeah. but uh yeah so that was like another time where i was exposed uh to this movie through other media as yeah. well um so yeah that's one of my favorite scenes yeah I, lo I love that scene and they're just doing they're just like singing the song they're doing bits together yeah. walking mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I just love the I love it, it all coming together where like you know they throw the rock and like if you hear glass shatter that you make a wish yeah come true what like, a throw by the way that they both hit glass Amazing. incredible stuff I have more on Amazing that later stuff. actually oh great um, um and yeah and just like and that eventually becomes their house which is really cool really sweet and, yeah 
And I just also love just a just a little detail. It's just great. The guy just watching them, watching the whole thing going on. He's like, just kiss her. Yeah. Great stuff. And that's a trope that obviously has been used time and time again. Yeah. So um yeah, wonderful stuff there. Yeah, I have that down as one of my favorite scenes also. Um do you have any other honorable mentions or anything? Or uh, I have one on? at the very end. So if you have okay. one like somewhere along the way, you can throw one in. I want to mention Mary and George on the phone together on mm-hmm. the phone with, um, what is it? Steve, the, the guy who's like, Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I think is guy. his name. Sam, Sam Wainwright. That's what it is. <sighs> I um, hate, I hate that catch. <laughs> Why is that your catchphrase boy? Like that's crazy. A donkey. That's insane. Ridiculous. I just love the tension in that scene. It's like it sticks on their face for a long time. They're both listening on the phone together and you just sense the tension and it, it obviously culminates in them. Like they literally get married in the next scene. So yeah, great stuff there. I enjoyed that. Um, paying out the uh, the mob of people at the the loan, the, the bank and loan building with his own money uh, yeah. mm-hmm. is a really just one of those scenes where you're just like, oh, like that's really nice. And like Mary's so supportive, like Finds the, yeah, they're, up the they're money both good and, people. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. You know, just they got the, $2 left at the end. Yep. They're like, it's great. And they put it in the, the, the vault that all oh, that's just, yeah. Wonderful stuff. Um, the Bailey's honeymoon. I want to mention as well. Um, which is like the scene fo- immediately preceding this where, you know, they just go in the house and Mary has hung up. They've hung up the, the, the posters of like places they'd like to go and yeah they're like cooking the, the chicken on the, the fireplace and the record player is making them spin on the spit, yeah. spit roast just really nice and she's just like you know my wish came true like oh yeah that'll get that's sweet that's really good stuff um and then you know the rest of it's kind of just like vignettes kind of little like one offers to kind of mm-hmm. like describe what's going on so I don't really have any in in here until like the turn for George, like when everything flips and we get into like the final thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. So, um, so is yours at the very end of the movie or? Yeah, mine's at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then let me just mention quickly, just you know, Clarence coming down and jumping off the bridge and saving saving Jimmy and mm-hmm. Jimmy <laughs> George, and explaining like all that and showing him pottersville if it if it weren't him all that's really good and with that scene too like the parallels of him saving his brother and then him saving himself by jumping into this frozen ice um water which is really cool abby asked a question that i thought was kind of interesting was which was like how come he lives that time when he jumps in but he was gonna die when he was gonna jump in earlier and i think it was just like the angle probably and intent i don't know yeah that's a yeah that is a good question um belly flop it maybe i don't don't know how you how how it works per se off of a bridge but yeah i don't either maybe he yeah the intent maybe because aims for the ice or something i don't know (laughs) aim for the bushes aim for the bushes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah excellent question um but yeah uh so yeah you go ahead and talk about the, the the final scene then yeah just like my my favorite uh, final scene where you have everyone rushing to him to bring him all the money that he needs and it's just like in this basket and everyone's running in with their own money and it, it brought a tear to my eye I thought it was just yeah. such a sweet moment of community and and it is like this final culmination like where he sees how he's impacted them and they're like trying to show it to him too that's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine That's right. That's right. 
Attaboy, Clarence. Um, and good thing, you know, good thing he didn't die because his problems were about to be solved regardless, which is, <laughs> which is wild. So good <laughs> thing he didn't do it. Incredible. Uh, yeah. That scene is just, is so great. And could have I been a mist esque ending, I suppose. <laughs> could have been. Um, <laughs> I just love also like the bank examiners are giving him money too. Like that can't yeah. be legal, right? Like, <laughs> just, Not allowed. Uh, yeah. Just tremendous stuff. But yeah, just everyone coming in and then, and then obviously the bells ring and then, one of my favorite quotes is is here that's not even like a spoken quote mm-hmm. but i guess we'll get to that later any other scenes that i didn't mention that or any moments no. that you feel deserve a delight of day i'm sure there are but i can't think of any right now amazing uh great great stuff i i will mention also when george like blows up on his family like that's a tough scene to watch but you're yeah. just like because like, he immediately apologizes and it's it's just really cute so yeah <laughs> destroys it, he blows destroys up. his it destroys his diorama you know the, yeah give me stewart man when he's in a rage man like remember mr it's smith passion, goes to washington yeah. where he's beating the shit out of reporters yeah <laughs> that was crazy i forgot about that scene that was great awesome. stuff great stuff um wonderful favorite favorite quote jackson yeah besides the the moon quote i'm just gonna do the one that says remember no man is a failure who has friends yeah really great. sweet really uh, i think i think that is honestly the takeaway of this movie so mm-hmm I have one similar, like obviously every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings, yeah. like that's just the, the iconic quote. So I'm not going to mention that one, but another one that's not a spoken quote, much like no man is a failure who has friends. It's just written down. I have written down on it's George, George's dad's picture in the bank and underneath it, it says, all you can take with you is that which you've given away. And I think that's really that's sweet. sweet. It's really sweet. And, like our favorite quotes are just not spoken in the movie, but they're just there, yeah. which I think is lovely. So you got to look for them. So yeah, that's my favorite quote as well. Um, wonderful. Uh, let's move on to Houston. We have a problem. Houston. We have a problem. Uh, what could have been better Jackson? Uh, yeah. So we've, we've talked a lot about uh, some of the issues I had one being the pool under the gymnasium. <laughs> Uh, another being like, you know, good thing he didn't actually go through with it because it all worked out at the end, which is nice. Yes. Um, we talked about how annoying the hee haw catchphrase is <laughs> like, that's so, so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also talked about the scene where he yells at his family, but he does make up for it. And uh, it is a complex scene. Uh, yep. the, the only real issue I have with the movie mm-hmm. um, is that the only person of color in this movie is of the like mammy stereotype um, from back in the day uh not great um mm-hmm. it seems like you know yeah Bet- it, bedford falls is a very white town yeah yeah like yeah um yep and it's it's just like a, and looking into um this actress uh lillian randolph who played i think her name's annie in the movie mm-hmm. um she actually has played characters specifically titled like that stereotype um like in like she she played a character who was named that uh in like tom and jerry cartoons which is kind of interesting interesting um yeah i don't know it just sucks that like that's like kind of the roles that were relegated to people of color back then but it's dated and and maybe people don't pick up on it so much but but yeah that's definitely that stereotype which kind of sucks but yeah 100 percent. yep i had that one written down as well um 
really i just have a lot of like nitpicks like they're not major things about the movie but i just have some some things well first of all did you notice that the movie opens and it's called frank capra's a wonderful life did you notice that yeah i did notice that and i think i read something on it but i'll let you explain it away oh no i didn't actually look up anything oh you could tell me (laughs) oh i think it was just like they changed it after the fact but they already like yeah it was just like a title change just funny that like you know that's just always going to be there and it's known as it's a wonderful life just thought that was interesting yeah um my opinion is that why did george show up to this high school party like close the yearbook my guy you're in college why are you showing up to this high school party sure so that's a nitpick though different time that's fair that's fair different time different time um did it was his well his brother's younger too right like so yeah like but his... his brother was graduating i think it was a, and he was going to the the high school party but yeah, his okay. younger is his brother is the younger brother. That so. kind of makes sense. Maybe you grow up with some of those people too, and it's yeah, like we a little it. different. But... It was a different time, man. different time. Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where George comes over and he's like pissed with Donna or Donna. I keep saying their actor's name with Mary, and mm-hmm. he like leaves, but like he comes back and forgets his coat. Like, did she really have to like pick up that record and destroy it? Was that was insane? So I loved it. Mad she... I loved it. Right, it. it was awesome. And it was like their song too, right? Like it was just like, oh, it was awesome. Yeah, and she just like shattered it. I was like, wow, that was visceral. Um, so now I think maybe I've come all the way around on it. I like it now. <laughs> um, does here's my big one. Does George kind of ruin his brother's war homecoming? I saw this in your letterbox review, and I did <laughs> want to get to it. Um, no. I don't okay. think so. I think he's allowed because his brother knows that he like his like he is has all he has because his brother decided to stay home. Right. So he couldn't take over the business. So like he did it for his brother. I think his brother seems like a cool guy, honestly. Like, yeah. And oh, his, yeah, he has a so. life debt to him like Chewbacca. So I think he has to <laughs> he has to be OK with it. <laughs> like Chewbacca. Once you once you get saved from uh, like an icy death, I think uh anything is good like as long as you're alive still like you you are dirt to him harry bailey is the (laughs) chewbacca i love that comparison (laughs) great stuff um wonderful and my final one is just like we don't really get any like does mr barrymore just pockets that eight thousand dollars that they they i suppose so we get no like kind of wrap we know he's not gonna yeah we know he's not gonna give it give it back like yeah he's an evil man yeah so pretty crazy they just, yeah. you know, kept the money. And poor Bill Bailey. Well, he'll be like, oh. I guess I just lost the money. Poor guy. Yeah. That scene stresses me out when he's losing the money and searching everywhere. And like, oh, I hate yeah. things like that, man. Oh, oh. terrible. And Anyways. it's like as he's bragging too, it's like, oh, if you only yeah. you didn't brag, like the, you would have still had the money. And... Immediate comeuppance. Do you think yeah. he would have given it back? Oh, yeah, I guess it was because he was bragging and like showed him the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I think it, he would have kept it regardless of their interaction boy he's not a good man man crazy okay wonderful um let's move on to oh do you have any others anything else okay cool let's move on to you like me you really like me and i can't deny the fact that you like me right now you like me uh oscars real quick um nominated for best actor best director editing sound recording and picture uh, it loses the best picture Oscar to best years of our lives. Did you ever mm. watch that in school? No, we watched this. I think in a push 
We really? watched this. I wasn't in. I was in Ush. Ush. I watched it in a push, and it was um. It's just like it makes sense that it won. It was like kind of about post-war soldiers coming mm-hmm. back home from war and how they like readjust to modern day life. So kind of made sense. Uh, swooped up a bunch of Oscars that year. And yeah, didn't win any Oscars. So bummer. Um, Jackson, Golden Odie. Who are you giving your Golden Odie to? Uh, I'm giving it to Donna Reed as Mary Hatch just because we've talked about it before. She just get great, gave a great performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, great jawline. Great. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's so charming. Um, and at, in my letterbox review, I talked about, you know, just get yourself a girl who can do some bits. Like mm-hmm. that's, you just need to do silly, goofy things with your partner. And, and that's all that really matters. That's all they do. It's great. They have great bits together. It's awesome. They're so good. There's like this one scene too when like her mom's calling down and is like, what are you guys doing? And like she's talking about how like they're having sex. Like she's just like joking to her. Like, oh, so funny. Love it. She's such a smart aleck. I love it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, me, I'm just, I'm going to give mine to Jimmy Stewart. Um, yeah. Just, and the two of them together are, are amazing. And yeah, you mm-hmm. just, He's just one of those actors that you just want to watch and listen to and watch him do just do things, regular old things. So, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is wonderful. Um, Squeaker, who are you giving your squeaker to? Uncle Billy. Uh, he I stresses had the same me out. one, actually. I had Uncle Billy, too. Yeah, he stresses me out mm-hmm. and kind of fucks up. I, oh, <laughs> uh, he stresses me out a lot, is all I'll say. Like, he is so forgetful. And the little, mm-hmm. I liked the bit that they did with like the string around the finger and he has like multiple strings around multiple <laughs> fingers and uh, like he missed their wedding, I think, which is crazy. And yeah, yeah he missed the wedding because like, yeah. And that was the, the bank stuff. He's like, oh, I just, I locked the doors. I didn't know what to do. You're like, oh, come on guy. Like, yeah, he's pretty incompetent all around. Yeah. So. Um, and stressful. <sighs> And just the fact that his actions were going to lead to him, like to his nephew getting arrested, which sucks. Like he wasn't even going to take the fall. That's insane. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, I I had a backup squeaker just in case. I, okay. I, had, I, had, a, I had a feeling. So this is going to be a roundabout way. Um, that my my squeaker is going to Sesame Street, and I'm going to tell you why, Jackson. <laughs> okay. Because there was a rumor, a myth for a long time that um, Bert and Ernie uh, in Sesame Street. I was curious about this, if they're based off of this movie. There was a rumor for a long time that it's like Ernie the taxi driver and Bert the cop. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a rumor that they were named after these characters from It's a Wonderful Life. And Sesame Street came out and we're like, no, it's not. So... My squeaker goes to Sesame Street because just keep it going, even if it's not true. Keep the bit yeah. going. It's a great. I assume that's what it was, and it was like to honor this awesome movie. Yeah, but no, it wasn't. So hmm. Sesame Street Lame. killed the dream. So continue to believe it. What can you say? I still um, Sesame Street. Okay. Um, wonderful. Let's speaking of those little fun facts. Let's move on to Shirley. You can't be serious. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. And I've got some fun ones. Um. First one I have is Lionel Barrymore, who uh, obviously plays uh, Mr. Potter, uh, was a famous Ebenezer Scrooge in radio dramatizations of A Christmas Carol. So it was like a that makes sense. So pretty good stuff. A little tight cast there for the scene where Donna Reed was required to throw this rock through a window at the house. 
Uh, Frank Capra hired a marksman to shoot it out on cue. Um, but to everyone's amazement, Reed broke the window by herself. So she did just have an arm. So oh, that's awesome. She played baseball in high school and had a strong throwing arm. So she actually just knocked it out herself. So sorry, marksman. I wonder if that guy got paid. Um, anyway, Uncle Billy, speaking of our favorite, uh, as Uncle Billy drunkenly leaves the Bailey home, there's like sounds off camera that he like stumbled into some trash cans on the sidewalk. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. It's like the, like crash.mp3 sound effect. Uh-huh. Like it was, it's so insane. Uh, in fact, a crew member dropped a large tray of props right after he went off screen. So they kept that in and Tom and Mitchell goes, I'm all right. He improv that and they, <laughs> they kept it in. And that's great. Capra, uh, decided to use that and gave the stagehand ten dollars bonus for quote improving the sound. So, ten whole dollars. Yeah, like the money and watching this actually pissed me off. Them being like, I only get four, like talking about like they get paid forty dollars a week and like they yeah. like a thousand dollars is like I don't know. It made me feel extra uh, broke. I guess I should say <laughs> fair money, man. Different times, different times. Uh. James Stewart was nervous about the phone kiss scene because it was his first on-screen kiss since his return to Hollywood after the war. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And under Frank Capra's watchful eye, Stewart filmed the scene in only one unrehearsed take, and it worked so well that that embrace uh, was cut because it was too passionate to pass the censors. Kind of crazy. Censors too steamy. Weird. Too steamy, man. Palpable. Um... Films made prior to this one used cornflakes painted white for snow effect. <laughs> uh, but the cornflakes, Frank Capper said the cornflakes were too loud and dialogue had to be dubbed in later. So, That's awesome. <laughs> so they changed it. And so they created a new snow effect by like using like soap and water. They call it fomite. And this one, like a special technical Academy Award for the development cool. of new film snow. So huh. kind of neat. That is really neat. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. That, that sounds like it would be really loud to use cereal. <laughs> just cornflakes just falling, <laughs> dumping down. Um, the set for Bedford Falls was completely constructed to, in two months. Uh, oh, wow. One of the longest sets that had ever been made for an American movie at the time. Covered four acres, 75 stores and buildings, a main street, a factory district, and a large residential slum area. So they built all of that. Pretty wow. Um. During the scene where all the people come in and like are trying to get their money from from the bank, um, there's a character that comes up and asks how much money she needed, and she replied seventeen dollars, which was in the script. Just prior to the first actual take, um, Capra took this actress aside and told her to give Jimmy Stewart an odd number, like thinking it would be funnier. And she said seventeen fifty, and Stewart like to caught him off guard, and he impulsively kissed her. That wasn't in the script either, so he like kisses her and. <laughs> So that's fun. Really that's genuine. great. Uh, the Martinis, our boy Martini, who had the bar and everything, uh-huh. uh, are based on Frank Capra's own family who emigrated from Sicily. And in the movie, a goat accompanies them in, the, in their car when they're moving them out of the yeah. to a new home. And Capra means goat in Italian. So how about that? Oh, that's fun. Um, and my last one is that Sheldon Leonard, uh, who plays Nick the bartender, um, only agreed to play Nick the bartender so he would have money to buy baseball tickets. 
we love that's awesome too the, the reluctant actors in the 40s is just so interesting to me tremendous like you couldn't pay them thousands upon like you like ugh, that's insane they, they couldn't be bothered they just wanted a hot dog great <laughs> uh wonderful uh bechtel test jackson does it pass the bechtel test so i did some research on this and some people were saying yes citing the scene where annie is talking to somebody's mom i don't remember who that has a name in the movie about how she has all this money because she was saving it up for a divorce for like her future husband but yeah. I don't think that should count. I don't think it should either because it's it's not driven. a real man, but it's a hypothetical man. And I right. I don't know. I feel like that shouldn't count. So I'm going to say no for this. Yeah, I leaned on the no side because I also was looking into it. I was like, there's some some moments, but like it's all kind of predicated on the fact that a guy is a man has created the situation. So, yeah, yeah I don't think so either. Um, the Rick Dalton meme test. Does it pass? I don't think they say it's a wonderful life, but if you're going off of a wonderful life doesn't pass. I don't think it does. Okay. Um, but uh, it's one of those movies where you think someone would just say, man, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. But they don't, but they don't. They don't. Um, wonderful. Good date movie. Good date movie. Yes. With excellent. Very cozy. Amazing. Any, anything we missed Jackson, anything that you need to mention final thoughts before we hop into the box. I did want to mention really quick. Cause you, I forgot about Martini's character. Yeah, uh, and the way he brutally beats young George is so messed up. And he's like, "It's my." He goes, "Ouch, you're hurting my messed up ear," and he's like bleeding out of it and stuff. He almost oh uh, poisoned that guy. Almost poisoned a kid. I know. Pretty wild. Insane. <laughs> wild uh, stuff. He was going through it. He was going through it. Yeah, we we understand. But, uh, but oh but, my uh, gosh, to brutally beat this poor this yeah, poor young starts boy. Bleeding. Oh, I did want to mention actually in that kind of the first little scenes when um he's like working at the shop and like making ice cream and and little uh mary like whispers in his his deaf ear like george bailey i'll love you to the day i die like that's just so cute and he can't hear it sweet really cute love that um wonderful then let's move on to what's in the box oh what's in the box uh let's put this on the list first jackson um where should should this fall on the RCR top 100? Let me pull it up. I didn't have it ready. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Let's should we first compare to um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Think is a good place to start. I definitely think it's better. Yeah, I, I like both, well. but I do as well. Um, so where was Mr. Smith? Uh, Mr. Smith's kind of near the bottom. So are we just gonna have to go up from here? Yeah, let's just one? go up. Yeah. Okay. Is it's a wonderful life better? in our eyes than a Roman Roman holiday. Yes, I think so. I think so as well. That's a two, great one. Two very charming performances. Yeah. Uh, some like it hot. Ooh, you know, what's interesting. I feel like we should almost flip some like it hot and Roman holiday. Ooh, we're changing two other movies. I like it. Maybe we change this. Cause I do. I think Roman holiday sticks with me a little bit more. I don't amazing. know how you feel about that. Hey, I'll do so it. Just something I like all these movies. Yeah. Okay, I'll flip that. So, so now, <laughs> so it's a wonderful life. Still over Roman Holiday, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a wonderful life. Better than a Star Is Born. Yeah, I think so. I love it, man. We're on the up and up. All right, here. Let's have. Let's talk about it. The Muppet Movie. Maybe I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's objectively probably better than the Muppet Movie. 
think, I think we should probably put it. Yeah, above we should probably put above it, right? Yeah, probably think... above the Iron Giant too. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim. I'd put it above Scott Pilgrim. Inside Out. Yeah, I, I don't I know how you feel. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Spider Verse. Yeah, sure. Man, we're moving. I love it. Knives Out. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's more of a classic. It's it's more of a yeah. iconic movie. This is great. The Dark Knight. I think so. I feel like I feel comfortable putting it above Titanic. Dark Knight below. Titanic? Do we stop at Titanic? Do you think it goes higher? I, Titanic. I gave five stars. I did too. I mean, I gave It's a Wonderful Life five stars too. So. But I gave It's a Wonderful Life four and a half. Then maybe we should stop. Maybe we should stop there. Yeah. For but now. Ma'am, what a journey it went on. It yeah. went up, you know, 11 spots there. That's great. I like that. That seems good. Okay, great. It's at 17 on our list out of 31 movies. Woo-hoo. Good stuff. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, Jackson, have any reviews? Any letterbox reviews? Yeah. 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 Um, I got one from Julia. This is four stars. It says, not me thinking that James Stewart's character was in his 40s when he was actually a recent high school graduate. So true. <laughs> Amazing. And then uh, this one's from Ely. Five stars. Uh, it says, I love how they don't try to shoehorn a redemption arc for Potter. He's just evil forever. Good for him. <laughs> What a Amazing. I have one similar to your first one from Tara, five stars. 38-year-old Jimmy Stewart passing as a 22-year-old is the only Christmas miracle, I believe. <laughs> Good stuff there. Uh, Brendan O'Hare, five stars. Mr. Potter, you are an absolute savage. Screw the haters, sir. It would be an honor to work for you. Hope that one day we link up. <laughs> Great stuff. And then finally, Olivia, four and a half stars. I just put this one on just for you because I found it good, but not as good as Muppet Christmas Carol. True. I agree. <laughs> I was like, Watching did Jackson tonight. write this? Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Jackson, let's move on to you feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you punk? I'm feeling lucky. I don't have a game per se, but just a general mm. conversation to have sure. since we've agreed that this isn't a Christmas movie. What's your Mount Rushmore Christmas movies? Well, like my personal one or like the objective Mount Rushmore? I, I think I think your personal Mount Rushmore. Okay. What's your personal Mount Rushmore? Four, four Christmases on there? I know you're a big four Christmases guy. It's okay. Okay. Let me think about this. For yeah. sure. Christmas vacation. That That is what I was raised on. Same. That is what my family, like we are insane we are the griswolds i think that is like very much like a lock for sure absolutely uh i feel like elf for me has to be up there because that again was just such a childhood classic Mm -hmm. definitely i want to add for my for me personally i want to do muppets christmas carol because that was one i found later in life and i it was like one of those things through friendships i've made like really Mm -hmm. close friendships that have kind of like opened me up to the Muppets. So it, it feels special in that, in that sense. And that encompasses a bunch of different like retellings of a Christmas Carol too. Yeah. So like that, and I think it, that it's objectively the most entertaining of the retellings that I've seen mm-hmm. at least. Uh, yeah. I love Michael Caine and the Muppets are super funny and Gonzo as Charles Dickens is just unmatched. And my fourth slot. 
Now that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, when I was doing this, like the fourth slot is just really interchangeable for me. Like I could yeah. just throw any number of movies in there. I feel like for a lot of people, it could be Polar Express because that was one that, like, in school, like we always like on the last day of elementary school, we almost always watched the Polar Express and like did yeah. some hot chocolate thing. I never. I don't love for, it as much now. Yeah, I don't either. It's fine. It's just maybe four Christmases. I feel like that's one I show a lot of people because it's not one that people typically watch. And as a child of divorce, it is so relatable to yeah. my core that I think I'll I'll go with that one. Love that. So yeah, um, so Christmas Vacation, Elf, Muppets Christmas Carol, and Four Christmases. I love that. What about you? Uh, um, we share two of them. Christmas yeah. Vacation, same. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, and again, that's one we watch all the time. And again, we're kind of the Griswolds, like our house alone. Like we put up the crazy Christmas lights, like not yeah. as crazy as the Griswolds, but like we do all that. All that is great. Even though you and I both agree that like Chevy Chase is an asshat, like still a great movie. Like, yeah. Wonderful stuff. He's um, such a dick, but like he's objectively great. Like so all funny. of the stuff he does. Yes. Um, Elf. Also, I got that one. That's yeah. one that we just watched all the time as well. Uh, that's one where like if it's ever on, I'll just stop everything and watch it. That's definitely one of those. For me now, give me your opinion on this. Die Hard. As a I haven't, movie. I haven't seen Die Hard, Carter, okay. and I, I just never got around to it. I feel like it's in the same conversation, right? Like, is this, is that a Christmas movie? If this isn't a Christmas movie, see, I think it is because it takes place all on Christmas Eve. And oh, okay, I want to change Four Christmases to Batman Forever then, <laughs> just because Batman Cause Forever takes... or Batman Returns. Oh wait, yes, Batman Returns. The one like with you Penguin. want the you want the Jim Carrey one in there? No, I don't want. I do not want. See, I the think Jim that is, I think Batman Returns is a Christmas movie because it has distinct like it all takes place around Christmas time. It has yeah. distinct like imagery of Christmas, like the whole thing, like lighting the tree, yeah, and d- doing all that. I think that is. I think that counts as a Christmas movie too. The same way Die Hard is because there's allusions to like Christmas and the idea of it. Biblical elements stuff. describing the penguin as Moses. In Indeed. many scenes. See? See? We get it. We get it. Uh, so, yeah. I have Die Hard on mine. That maybe is controversial. Okay. But I, I have it there. It's kind of a fun pick. And then the fourth spot really it switches out. But I think I'm going to put the the Grinch here. Which one? Um, the Jim Carrey one? Yeah. Not Benedict Cumberbatch. Not the, the old OG cartoon. cartoony. I just, again, that's one that we'll watch all the time too, just because Jim Carrey just eating, yeah. eating the scenery. I think that one is really fun. And it's so tough. I f- yeah, I feel like the ones, the obvious ones we're leaving out would be like A Christmas Alone. Story, Home Alone, Nightmare Before, well, Nightmare Before Christmas. No, that, I don't think that counts as a Christmas movie. Nightmare to Before me, Christmas? Yeah. That's more of a Halloween movie, right? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I need to rewatch it. But like, Love Actually. Oh, that one's great. I've been meaning to get Abby to watch that. Maybe, oh, maybe we'll watch that this weekend. I like that. I really wanted to put Gremlins on. Oh, that's great. Because I love yeah. Gremlins. Um, So there's that. There's some so, good ones. I'm just listing the honorable mentions now. You know, Miracle on 34th Street is great. Sure. The Holdovers, would that crack your Mount Rushmore? Uh, I think I need more time with it. I, it needs to become a tradition because yeah. I think that's ultimately what matters most is how many times do you watch it? Like, yeah. do you get around to it every single year? And if so, then I it think immediately it's like feels vintage. Like, and that's, that's in the framing of the story and the way it's filmed and everything like that. But like, I feel like it could stand the test of time. Um, 
and I really love we really love Christmas with the cranks over here at the Sims household. So I'm That's gonna throw that. So funny you say that because that is actually the first Christmas movie I ever showed Abby because really? she's just never seen them. I don't know one. why that was the first one I picked because like it doesn't really resonate with me now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that is a a pretty interesting one. Uh, he is not aged. Tim Allen has not aged very well Horribly. in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> but he is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. The Santa Claus, man, he was the king of the Christmas movies. He for, really was. And he's minute. still doing the Santa Claus, but I don't think anyone likes it anymore. Isn't it a series now on Disney Plus? Yeah, there's something? like a show, I think. The Santa Clauses or something. I don't know what yes. it is. Um, I'm just looking at others. Jingle All the Way. Nah, that's fine. Um, is the last action here? Is that the one where they're like trying to get like the toy? Is that a Christmas movie? Jingle All the Way is. That's the one where they're. Oh, that's okay. Where but he's trying wait, to. He's trying it should to be called the... the Last Action Hero, though. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, the last action hero. I haven't seen the last action hero, but that one is that's also Arnold. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he like is obsessed with. I don't know. Oh, how, so I don't he's know trying to hunt works. down this like toy. Well, that's Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way is yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I haven't seen Last Action Hero, so I can't even speak to the plot. Isn't he movie. like? <laughs> I haven't seen it either. So let's just try to describe what that movie is. Probably, I think. <laughs> It's like him coming to life into the real world. Like he's like a movie hero, but like he's like transported into the real world, and like a boy is like helping him through life or something. It's I've like, got a, I've got a synopsis for you. It's like that bar. What was that like Barbie movie that wasn't Barbie? It was like it was oh, life sized. Life size. I feel the, like it's like that. The Tyra probably. Banks movie. Yeah. Yeah. Man, man, that does that count as a Christmas movie? I hope it does. <laughs> sure. Maybe it takes place at Christmas. Uh, Danny is obsessed with the fictional movie character action hero Jack Slater. When a magical ticket transports him into Jack's latest adventure, Danny finds himself in a world where movie magic and reality collide. Oh, so he kind of goes. So he goes he into goes his the other way. Okay. Chevy Chase is in this. <laughs> As Chevy Chase, interesting. He plays himself. Okay, interesting. Oh, and Jim Belushi. Interesting. What's going on here? I'm gonna have to watch that. MC Hammer. Okay. <laughs> I gotta stop. Uh wonderful. Uh cool. So there's our Mount Rushmores. And with that, Jackson, we're done. Merry Christmas. Woo-hoo! Woohoo! Merry Christmas, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Hope everyone's having a good Christmas. When we come back next week, the last episode of 2023, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk the last of the DCEU. We're going to hopefully have seen Aquaman and chat about it and where we go from here. And I don't know. I've heard not good things. So <laughs> we'll see. Should be interesting. Should but be good. We're going to dig into that next week, post Christmas, before New Year's. And then it's time to draft, Jackson. That's crazy. We're getting into I season, know. season three of Fantasy. I got to do my homework. I know. It's exciting. Have we even mentioned that we're adding three new people on the pod yet i don't know if we've made it official on here but uh we are yes we are we're adding uh significant others uh current competitors we're adding jeff's significant other steph is joining us former friend of the pod has been on before mm-hmm. been a minute though uh your significant other abby finer is joining the mm-hmm. league next year very exciting and Corbin's significant other mina is joining as well so we're expanding we're getting some woman power it's gonna be great should be good. Do you believe it that Lauren did not want to participate? <laughs> After our game night we did, uh, yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> she was like, next time we do a game night with uh, Cody and Corbin, she was like, I need to just be on your team for all of them so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're not an idiot. 
No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you're an idiot. No, we're just. She's so, good on. I'll, I'll I'll say this. She's really good at the New York Times word puzzles. She yes, sends she those every day, and she's killer at those. She eats up on those. She's smart. She yeah. just doesn't watch movies, and that's okay. And that is a okay. She has her own interests. She doesn't have our crazy ones like Jackson and I. And yeah. speaking of Jackson, where can the people follow us on Instagram and TikTok? They can follow us at roughcut underscore pod. And Carter, where can they follow us on Twitter? You can follow us at roughcut underscore co. Continue to follow us. Shout out Film Yap. Thanks for listening to us shout over out. there. Appreciate you. And quick shout out to Cody and Corbin have a podcast. Go check out their latest episode over there where we had a, the game night we're alluding to. It was we, fun. Yeah. We had a fun movie game night, movie themed game night. Had a bunch of people come on and just shoot the shit with each other. It was a good time. So go check that out over there with those guys. And have a Merry Christmas, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.